This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. Are you... We are explicit effing kidding warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard really? for using his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. Oh, they're hearing it, so if you want to just prompt us, we can just, we'll do our thing. It, I, everything, mm, seriously, I'm, I, I fucking quit. I, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this equipment, I... I, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Okay. So, <laughs> Parson Ball is going to open the pod bay doors. And hopefully a computer will not complain that I can't do that. But my name is not Dave. So, hopefully we're finally going to catch up to the Crimson Shadow. Excellent. The doors part with a pressurized hiss, like a pssst, revealing a cargo pod bay that has been converted into some sort of command center. Virtual monitors show images of chaos and warfare from across the planet below, while other screens are illuminated by scrolling data and blueprints. Mach just is going to take point. I'm going to use the barrel of my pulse blaster to sweep the room. Sure. Uh, The entire system seems automated, though, as the two of you pass the first console, you spot the back of a large uh, gaming chair festooned with additional monitors and a few weapon mounts, as well as some thick armor plating. Oh, the chair spins slowly, revealing a person dressed in skin tight battle armor. They turn to look at the two of you smiling from beneath a cybernetic plate that covers half of their scarred face. They stand placing one scarred and slender hand on the arm of the chair on one finger you notice a ring, a ring with a raised Tidarian falcon. The light glitters off the small ruby eyes of the falcon. Uh, Parson, isn't that the ring you gave your fiance Darna the night before the city was destroyed? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, my love. I am the Crimson Shadow. Now, please take a seat. I'm going to need more followers now that the two of you have decimated my minions here. Ah, crap. And with that, welcome to the 449th episode of the Misdirected Mark Podcast. Tonight, we discuss using followed heroes as adversaries and allies in your tabletop RPGs. Along the way, we're going to take your comments, suggestions, and examples live from the chat room for life on Twitch before moving into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am apparently bad with tech, also known <laughs> as Old Man Logan. Oh, no. Bob, as what long is- as I'm... As long as I'm on this show, you will not be the worst person here with tech. Trust me. (laughs) What has happened? I wish I could tell you. Well, it's okay. On with the show, as they say. Yes. All right. All right. We should get started with our temperature check while Bob is um, taking a look at the main console. Jerry? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We had a great weekend. Uh, I took took Friday off. It was my first vacation day um, since January of 2019. So it was nice to have a day off, kind of sleep in for a couple hours and just kind of hang out here, uh, play computer games online with Bob, that kind of thing. Um, And then we had a bunch of cool stuff go on this weekend, including football and RPGs and everything else. And our uh, work is kind of moving along, too. Excuse me. So a lot of good things are going. So, uh, Phil, how's your day? How's your uh, week going? Well, temperature check. I am physically doing well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, although my back's just a tad sore, but that'll just go away in a little bit. 
Uh, I got a bike ride in before. Um, I got a bike ride in before uh, uh, dinner, so that was good. Although, mm-hmm. bike ride kicked my ass. It wasn't hot out. I just was tired, and it was a it was a bit of a slog of a ride. Um, but physically okay. Uh, mentally, I still have no concentration left. It is uh, still a challenge to get some uh, things done. I wrote my gnome stew article for this week, and I was honestly amazed that um, it, it is all strung together. Although the true test of that will be when Bob checks it before it goes live on Thursday uh, on Friday. It. it wasn't that bad. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, coherent. I I it was really actually hard to write. Like, I mean, I was writing it, but I didn't like. I was. I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it. It was definitely not a flow state kind of thing. It was more of a brute force. I will uh, put this thing out. Anyway, the concentration problem I've been having has not gone away and um, it has impacted pretty much everything from reading to Minecraft to uh, pretty much every, everything else. I just kind of exist in a, in a moment kind of thing. But anyway, I am, uh, I am healthy and fine otherwise and spirit wise other than just a little depressed with my concentration thing otherwise i'm in good spirits bob how about how about you well up until the show started i was doing pretty good <laughs> i there you uh, go um physically i'm i'm feeling pretty solid um a lot of the the chronic aches and pains the neck stuff and the back stuff is not really bothering me right now I think that is a huge benefit of having a real mattress that is designed for a human body to be comfortable on. Oh, I, I can second <laughs> yeah. that, my friend. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that, um, mentally, uh, it's, it's been, you know, um, just a little, you know, trying, trying to focus, like you said, lack of focus in getting things done around the condo. Um, instead of doing something and finishing it, I've been bouncing around from task to task to task and, Stuff like that, and you know, and now uh, I'm completely baffled as to why you guys didn't hear the intro when that the whole setup has been designed for you guys to do that, and nothing has changed since last week. So yay! <laughs> so now I'm, I'm I mean, it I'm could annoyed. It could be just something as simple as a reboot. You never know. It's entirely possible. So, but that being said, sounds like we're all doing pretty good. So let's jump into the thing where we go to I the have- place. I have to make one clarification. It was my first January of 2020, not January 2019. Ah. I remember I went to Origins in 2019. So that counts. Yep. Okay. Anyway. All right. to uh, Loving. Yeah. Congrats. Loving got a job offer. Oh, very good. Congratulations. Uh, All right. All right. So uh, the one thing. So Mm -hmm. having kind of mostly settled into my new place, um, I got it straightened up enough where I could have some of the guys over. And I had mm-hmm. company, like I've had, you know, Jerry's been over a couple of times and Chris came over with Jerry to help me hang the TV up and some stuff like that. But I had like, I invited people over as company to sit and, you know, eat some food, watch some football and just enjoy each other's company uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday. And uh, and it was a really good time. I really enjoyed being a host and, uh, and, and having company because at my house um, for one reason after another, just, it was like, there was, I, I never had company over. So mm-hmm. it was just nice to have some people over and be like, Hey, come over and hang out. So that was cool. It was a ball. I had a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jerry? Uh, I would say, uh, uh, after you had us over, 
we then all scattered to the four winds and got online and played Knights Black Agents. Um, continued our dark and terrifying adventure as secret agents who have suddenly come upon things man was not meant to know. And uh, it's uh, it's it's it was a lot of fun. Uh, the game was working well. The team is working well. And we seem to be going down a rabbit hole of, of misinformation that makes for a good um, supernatural thriller. And I would just like the way it's all coming together. Um, I haven't blown anything up yet. My character is the, is the explosives expert. But we got a lot of bombs this week, so it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to what comes up in two weeks. Uh, but just it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's a good mix. It's um, you and uh, you know, Phil's GMing and it's me and you and Glenn and Jim and Sean. And uh, so it's a nice sized team and we have a lot of overlap. So it works well. So it just was a lot of fun to get back to gaming again. Um, how about uh, you, Phil? Uh, yeah. My one thing is also NBA. Um, I just, you know, I, uh, I, I just love running this game. Uh, I, I forgot how much I actually liked it because um, we were having a good run of it beforehand um, when we eventually switched out in our first campaign we had some uh player personnel issues that kind of uh tanked that game so it's actually really nice right now to be playing it with uh with you guys i mean i've i've raved about how um how tight that game is um but uh i really um one actually really enjoy uh laying out the um the clues and uh it does a good job of it, it does a, it does a really good job of emulating the genre so much so that um i've just been kind of uh on youtube grooving on clips from all the born movies <laughs> yeah like just totally just enjoying like watching you know a couple born fights and a couple of you know chases and stuff like that um it's so good um but yeah it's uh it's coming together nicely uh we're still like we're just finishing up the first um mission which is all about um, oh shit, we've stumbled onto something supernatural, which this week was the first time you uh, encountered anything supernatural. Um, so that was actually really good. Um, and that, and that scene came off really good. Like it came off, uh, uh, it, terrifying. Came off it came off terrifying, but not like, not in a TPK kind of way. Like it was right. terrifying. And then, um, you were able to kind of get away from it and, you know, have, uh, just a little, uh, like a little bit more to go to finish out that mission. So I'm, I'm excited. It's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. All right. All right. So I believe we don't uh, have any announcements. Is Bob talking? Thing? Oh lordy. Oh, I can't hear Bob. I can't hear Bob either. Hang on. Oh lordy. <laughs> anyway, um, with that done, um, I don't think we have any announcements uh, for today. So um, we can, can probably now. Get- yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, I had yeah. figured out what the problem was because it just dawned on me to check Zoom because it's pulling the Zoom uh, in and mixing it together. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I was filling dead air. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what the friggin' problem is. Don't worry about it. I can do the uh, yeah, the next can... part. The next part I can do with just a uh, with a hand cue. I will. I um, will give you. I will give you the uh, the. The, the point you know i can do it all right yes with no uh with no announcements it's time to move on to our feature segment we're going yeah. to where the workshop 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 we're opening up the adversary files tonight tonight it's the fallen hero he was once somebody you looked up to a comrade a friend who is now turned 
evil. Let's talk about it in the workshop. And don't talk. talk. All right. That was much so, better than I think last week's. Like yeah. last week's was pretty <laughs> lackluster. I'm feeling much, I'm feeling better about that one. Sorry. Good. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Because tonight we're going to do another entry into the adversary file. We're going to talk about the fallen hero, one of my favorites. Um, as we do with each entry, we're going to find out what makes the fall, up the fallen hero. We're going to talk about how to best run up his opposition, but also how to use one as an ally because it can be used both ways. All right. And of course, before we do that, I have to play another phantom bumper that they're not going to hear. So let's do the thing. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. Yes. So what do we got, Phil? Let's get some definitions going. Um, We're going to start with the very term that we're talking about tonight, the fallen hero, right? Fallen hero is a character who was once a hero, a.k.a. a good person, who abandons their heroic ways to become a villain, a.k.a. a bad person. And while this sounds pretty clear, and I think it does, um, I want to differentiate the fallen hero uh, from a couple of other types of characters because i can i'm I'm, i just i can see the potential for overlap and i want to be very careful and tease apart um what the fallen hero is and we're going to do that by actually uh defining two other character types um the first one is the anti-hero right is the main character in a story who lacks conventional heroic qualities and attributes such as idealism courage and morality although anti-heroes may sometimes perform actions that are more that are morally correct it's not always for the right reasons often acting primarily out of self-interest or in ways that defy conventional ethical codes right that's the anti-hero the next one i want to bring up is the vigilante right let's just separate that out as well a member of a self-appointed group of citizens who undertake law enforcement in their community without legal authority, typically because the legal agencies are thought to be inadequate. Okay, those are two types of characters who at their core are still doing good, right? In the case of the anti-hero, they're doing heroic things, but often for reasons that are not heroic, right? Um, as I think Jerry indicated, right, the original Thunderbolts would, would be a case for that. Um, For the vigilante, they're doing non-heroic things for heroic reasons. Batman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Batman's a good, you know, a a good example of that. Okay. But the fallen hero is a villain. Yep. Okay. Uh, The fallen hero is a villain. Now, that's not to say you can't have a fallen hero, like a hero who becomes a vigilante or a hero who becomes an anti-hero. Those are perfectly acceptable. But those are not what we're talking about tonight, right? So separate those out. Um, The fallen hero is a hero who is now a villain. They are doing bad things for bad reasons. And that's the big difference for tonight. So, um, and again, you go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I was going to say, here are some examples um, from common media. Uh, One of the big ones is Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Um, starts out as a hero in in the prequels and in the Clone Wars, and then by the time Rebels comes around, he is a villain. Um, we have Sinestro from the Green Lantern Corps. Um, started out as one of the Lanterns and then went very evil. Uh, Count Dooku, um, who is uh, another Jedi from the Star Wars universe, who starts out as a as a good Jedi and gets uh, kind of disaffected because of the uh, corruption. Uh, if you play Dungeons and Dragons, there's the Blackguard class which is literally a paladin who has fallen. Um, and for those of you who are fans of DC Comics, 
uh, Superman from Injustice, where he goes from being the protector of the world to being the tyrant of the world um, because of things that happened. Yeah. So all of those make up good fallen heroes and are good for uh, villains and adversaries and sometimes allies. All right. So with all that clarified, then what makes up a fallen hero, Jerry? All right. Well, the fallen heroes can be defined by who they were as a hero and then who they are now as a villain. There's two different, two different sides. That's what makes them interesting. So here's a look at a bunch of common traits. Um, as always, these are in no particular order. And there are other traits that we are probably not going to tag on here. But these are just some of the most common ones. Yeah, the first one is the fallen hero has a heroic past. At one time, the fallen hero was just a hero. Uh, they did heroic stuff. They worked on the side of good, right? Their past may have been public, like maybe like a superhero crime fighter kind of thing, or they could have been private, like a super spy, right? Maybe we, maybe the world doesn't know what their heroic, heroic past was, but they had one nevertheless. Ooh, uh, um, Sean Bean from um, uh, GoldenEye. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was a double O that, that went bad. Yeah. Super yes. spy. There's your super spy. There you go. Super spy. And uh, next, they're going to have a reason why they fell. Um, in most cases, there's going to be some inciting incident that makes the hero abandon his heroic ways and then become a villain. Um, this is normally some sort of tragedy or injustice, or they could have simply been sick of being good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes you see that like in a monologue, right? Just mm-hmm. mocking being good. Um, the fallen hero may have a new persona. Right. In their change from hero to villain, they may have adopted a new persona to reflect their change. Um, This persona may be similar to their past or something totally different. Right. This is like Anakin and Vader. Right. Um, They often still have their heroic abilities. Whatever their abilities they had as a hero that helped them stand against evil, now they take with them as they fall. And they know how to use those abilities because they use them for good once and know how to use them to take down, generally, how to take down things that are bigger and tougher than they are. Yeah. Uh, They may have new abilities now, right? So in falling, they may have acquired new abilities. Um, These abilities may be because their heroic code was holding them back or that becoming a villain has allowed them to access some additional powers. Mm -hmm. They almost always have some sort of agenda. Um, It's going to be something that has a lot to do with why they fell and often is tied into their new persona. In becoming a villain, the fallen hero has something they want to do in a way to achieve that goal as a villain that they couldn't achieve or were reluctant to achieve as a hero. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, um, they have left people behind. The fallen hero often leave people behind that knew them from when they were a hero. Uh, In some cases, the fallen hero has a grudge or vendetta with those people that they have a shared past with. All right. Excellent analysis. Phil, why do we find the fallen hero appealing? Sure. Um, The fallen hero is a tragic character. Once good, now turned to evil. Um, Overall, I think many of us have attractions to tragic characters and tragedy in general. Uh, It is, uh, you know, one of the oldest forms of theater. Uh, The fallen hero represents what happens when we stop trying to be good, right? In a way, they're scary, right? We expect our our heroes to fight evil and keep it at bay. But when we see one give in to the evil and become evil, it's it's scary for us. Um, finally, the fallen hero is its own story arc about a fall from grace and what happens after. And we're going to I don't even want to go any further on that because I want to unpack all that when we get into the next segment. Yeah, I think the other appeal to the fallen hero, messy drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, Jerry. So now that we know a lot more about the fallen hero, what do we need to know to run the fallen hero best? Well, we're going to have the fallen hero's opposition. The first thing you need to know is who they were as a hero. You know, what did they do? What was their story? Who were their friends and enemies? And then how and why they fell and how they became the villain. Um, this is going to inform a great deal about the fallen hero. It's going to give us some prompts we need to properly play the villain. Yeah, once we know why they fell, we can start to figure out who they are now. Did they gain new powers when they became evil? Are they working with or for someone? Uh, what's their agenda as a villain? And how do they go about advancing that agenda? Another question we're going to need to decide is how the fallen hero reacts to other heroes. Um, do they have a hatred for a specific group of heroes? Do they have a vendetta against their former friends and fellow heroes? You know, maybe what caused them to fall was something, an action that happened uh, from their fellow heroes. And are they aggressively opposed to heroes in good? Or are they doing their own thing now that just happens to crisscross with them? Yeah. Um, conversely, we need to understand how the other heroes of the world regard the fallen hero. Um, is this fallen hero mostly left alone, you know, just to their own, um, you know, doing what they do and opposed when they, you know, when they rear up? Um, is there a group or individuals who actively oppose this fallen hero? Like, you know, are the former members of their superhero team, like, you know, sworn to kick the, you know, like kick this guy's ass? Um, is there anyone trying to save them? Is there somebody out there that um, would like the uh, fallen hero to quit being a fallen hero and go back to being a hero, which is about to bridge into something really important about this character. And that is the fallen hero is a story arc. The best fallen heroes are really only going to have two outcomes, destruction and redemption. Either fall is absolute. They cannot be redeemed and they have to be destroyed or deep down inside. There's something that can be saved. And then, that hero could be restored, and that can be one of the goals of the story, or at least the goals of the interaction. Um, you don't have to initially commit to one of these at the outset, but if you have this fallen hero as a recurring character in your campaign, at some point you're going to have to decide. Yeah, a fallen hero who goes the route of destruction often escalates in their evil acts, reaching a climax where the heroes have no choice but to destroy the fallen hero in order to save the kingdom, world, galaxy, etc. Mm -hmm. um, this often leads up to a big battle that is resolved when the heroes win the fight. A fallen hero who goes the route of redemption is one in which the heroes must learn or believe that they can be saved and through some act, some appeal, convince the fallen hero to redeem themselves. Uh, this ends up often in a big climactic battle um, that often has a moment of drama that um, a moment of drama and that um, the redemption often concludes the conflict um, and signifies really the climax of that scene. Uh, I think the most iconic of this would be um, Return of the Jedi, right? Where um, where Vader grabs the Emperor, throws him off the uh, throws him off the balcony or bridge, whatever, um, ending the fight, right? That ends the conflict, um, and uh, in that moment redeems themselves from um, from Vader back to Anakin. Yep. Cool. All right. Last thing about the redemption arc. Um, uh, one, I guess, I, I guess a couple of things, because uh, I'm just going to tack onto this one. Um, the fallen hero doesn't have to survive. Their redemption could be in the form of a sacrifice to save the day. Yep. Um, and if they do survive, um, it doesn't mean that this hero can't fall again. Yeah. Um, 
they they may redeem themselves and fall again later. Um, you know, that's uh, I mean, I think we see that a bunch in uh, uh, CW shows. Yeah, CW shows, Marvel Comics, um, you know, Magneto has been, I think, every form of, of good guy, oh. bad guy, even though Magneto actually has been defined in a past um, yeah. show. He's not really a fallen, he's not really a fallen hero. But Pick, pick a that, character archetype and Magneto has been every <laughs> single one of them, I believe, across the spectrum. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Um, but yeah. that that kind of that heel turn or that heel face turn and then face heel turn, right? Like mm-hmm. that can happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, thing is that while the fallen hero works as a one-shot villain, the true beauty of this arc is we give a full story arc or campaign where tensions can build and lead to that climactic moment when they finally confront the, the fallen hero. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think that, um, yeah, I, I think if you just, if you're doing a one-shot, I don't think the fallen hero is a great... Um, I don't think it's the best one-shot adversary you can use in your game. There we have way better adversaries for a one-shot than a fallen uh-huh. hero. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, do we've, you can do it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna hit because yeah. even if you do the redemption or destruction in one um, in one playthrough, uh-huh. I mean it'll work. Don't get me wrong; it'll totally yeah. work, but it's not gonna have that same emotional punch. Yeah. Um, As a matter of fact, to see it work, check out. Um, the episodes, the episodes featuring one last job uh, on She's a Super Geek. I believe that whole arc was about a fallen hero, wasn't it? Hmm. Wasn't it about one of their yeah, allies falling? Yeah. Uh, that's, some old, that's some old school reference there, Jer. I like. Hey, see if our, see if our queen can answer that one, or or Professor Fox can tell us uh, which which episodes had a fallen hero. But I'm pretty sure one last job, the whole the whole enemy was the previous member of the. Uh, Magical Candy Girls group. I can't remember the name of the group that they were, but I'm pretty sure their enemy was their fallen was their fallen adversary. Uh, very early episode. Very very good, by the way. If you haven't listened to those episodes, the the Steven Super Geek episodes featuring One Last Job are amazing. Um, they were kind of my entry into the entire thing, and it, it still I love them. Anyway, yeah, that was it was some great stuff. So Phil, to wrap up this portion of the of the fallen hero adversary file. How can the fallen hero work as an ally? Yeah, I think this one's actually a bit more tricky, right? Like often when we talk about these in the in the um, adversary files, we're like, oh yeah, you can totally make this into an ally. But um, the true fallen hero is, as we define it, as a villain, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's easier to have an anti-hero or vigilante be your ally, um, as those two character types are more likely to have goals aligned with your hero, even if their methods differ. But if we want to be true to the fallen hero, um, then the best angle that you have um, is probably something like um, a common enemy, right? That is the characters and the fallen hero have a common enemy and the fallen hero is willing to help, um, mm-hmm. right? The characters may not like how the fallen hero operates, but um, they need the help and wind and, you know, could wind up trying to stop the fallen hero at some point as well. Um I think, you know, like that kind of scenario, I think plays like we'll play pretty well. If, you know, enemy of my enemy kind of thing. What about uh, Jared? There's, I think there's another oh. one, right? Oh, definitely. It can also be the fallen hero is evil, but they still have a soft spot for the heroic group that the heroes are from. They can offer help because they can still remember what it's like to be part of that group. They have some personal code or commitment, uh, maybe messy romantic drama. Any of that kind of stuff can make for 
uh, reasons, you know, they're villains, but, you know, even villains have friends and that can be part of what makes it so complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another idea is that you're redeemed, that you have a redeemed fallen hero, right? Cause mm-hmm. a redeemed fallen hero easily can become an ally. Um, but then in this case, then they're not really a fallen hero anymore, right? They're a reformed villain who's probably a useful ally. Yep. So. so that concludes our overview of the fallen hero. Uh, we're going to check with the chat room and see how things are going. But first, Bob, tell us about another show on the Mr. Can Mark Network. Yeah. So we've got a show called Mastering Dungeons. And in that show, RPG veterans and game designers Teos Abadaya and Sean Merwin look at the game of D&D and the hobby from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. Uh, they've done an amazing job with, uh, with this show. Um, a lot of good stuff in there. Go check them out. Good, good stuff. Okay, chat room. Sorry, I'm 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 a little discombobulated because I just think I may have figured something out. I have to get back to the right place. <laughs> um, the chat room has been, of course, enraptured by the uh, shenanigans that have plagued my evening. So they've been rapidly listening for more shenanigans to happen. So no big questions at the moment. But um, uh, good. No, I was just going to say that uh, Andy has confirmed that the the one last job. Uh, she's a super geek segments. Uh, they did in fact have one of their uh, fallen members as their adversary, but of course they did not know that at the beginning. They found out about it later, which of course is the best way to find out about it. I was just going to say, right. The, the, the fallen hero reveal. Yes. Um, and if you're talking, if you now, if you really want to go like long game, um, fallen hero in your campaign, right? Like you can go with having like an NPC, like that you bring up and start them as a hero in your campaign mm-hmm. and then have the inciting incident where they fall and then have them like show up later in your campaign as a villain. Like your players will lose their shit. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, um, it's a long game proposition, right? You got to like, you got to kind of set it up and build some initial <laughs> emotional investment. And then you got to, yep. um, yep. and then you got to do the the turn, but, but boy, um, yeah, if you can boy, get when that it to go when it goes, like, yep. I mean, the end of the end of Dragonlance when you're like Raceland, what? Like, <laughs> the what? Now? He's like, ah, he's like, these are my black robes now. Like, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I I I loved Raceland. I never saw him as the villain. I saw him as the hero of the whole thing. <laughs> sure, Jerry. And then, was that? I said, sure, Jerry. He was the cool guy. Oh, now nice. you sound like now you sound like Barney from uh, yes. from How I Met Your Mother. The real talking about kid was William Zabka, <laughs> the actual karate kid. Yes, I I uh, I strongly believe before we fall back into our um, second half of our segment, I strongly believe that um, How I Met Your Mother helped um, Cobra Kai get off oh, sure. the ground. I think very possibly. I think I think those I, I think the few times yeah. that he he cameoed on How I Met Your Mother did not hurt the push to get that show um, that show made. When I say that, once the show was made, it did all of its own heavy lifting. Oh, like, yeah. yes, absolutely. Cobra Kai is fantastic, yeah, but is. but getting somebody to be like, yeah, I guess we'll make a couple of those. Like, mm-hmm. 
Yep. So. And, and, and for the record, I believe it's episode eight of She's a Super Geek is One Last Job. But there we go. So go all the way back to episode eight. <laughs> tune in and have a good time. I, I would strongly recommend those episodes. I thoroughly enjoyed them. All right. Great. I would like to state for the record that I believe I have found what the problem was. We'll know when I go to do the next bumper. But you okay. are hearing me after I made the change in Zoom. Because Zoom has a tendency to sometimes be like, oh, I'm going to use this input, even though that's not what we've been using every other time you've opened Zoom. Mm -hmm. So let's find out in a little bit. But welcome back to the second half of our segment where we do the roundtable discussion. And we're going to talk about Fallen Heroes with these three questions, starting with number one, Phil. Yeah, question number one, what is your favorite Fallen Hero, either from media or one that you have GM'd or run in a game? Um, for media, I've got to go with Vader. Um, with the Clone Wars TV series, uh, they really did a great job of showing what an interesting hero he was. Um, they kind of show his fall, but the fact that he was um, both a hero, but also a counterpoint to the rest of the Jedi. And of course, then we go into the prequel movies and Rebels, which you see his fall. And then, of course, the end of the original Star Wars trilogy shows his redemption. Spoiler. Um, but I, I just, I loved, I loved how the Clone Wars especially handled Anakin. Um, and almost everything else, but it was just a very well done TV series. Um, for RPGs, um, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the after show. Um, when I was playing VNV &V and Face Rip, and back then we jumped back and forth, um, my friend Tim Bowen and I took turns GMing, and we created a superhero team called uh, Light Ray. Um, they were a defense contracting company. They employed a superhero team called the Light Ray Agents, and uh, we have to play the agents as, as heroes. And then when I took over my college game, I brought them back in again. And my players in the college game would sometimes, when we only had a couple of the people show up, we'd have them just play one of the NPC teams they'd bumped into. And they played the Light Ray Agents several times. Um, and then, but in every mission that involved Light Ray, the missions always went sideways hmm. because the corporation itself was a corporation. And so, of course, they were corrupt as I'll get out. Yeah. Um, and eventually they turned their abilities towards creating an, ar an army of powered individuals and became a major force. And of course they were familiar with the, with the, how all the heroes worked. Um, and then they eventually started going around either kidnapping mutant children or financing experimental involuntary supernormal tests. Like we've got this new drug. We're going to aerosol it over an entire small town and see who survives that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then this got revealed in a one-off that became a mini campaign, which I'll talk about in the after show. But um, just it worked very well because it spanned um, multiple GMs and multiple campaigns. You were able to build things up over about seven years before they finally came out as villains. So it worked pretty well. We had a good time with them. Um, and uh, just it, 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 it's something you can do if you have the patience for it. Bob? Cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm going with uh, Dark Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, good Willow, of choice. Course, was, uh, you know, a classic member of the Scooby Gang. She was like this sweet, innocent girl. Um, got corrupted by magic and and started, you know, kind of leaning down the path. And then there was an inciting incident, which I won't spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it because it's a great, a great arc. Um, and she goes full on dark, like evil. Ah. And just screws everybody up royally. Um, but she was able to be redeemed. They got her back and uh, and then went back on their merry way uh, with regular Willow. But um, it was a really good arc. And um, and it was it was a lot of fun. 
That's a that's a good choice. Yeah. That's a very good choice. Um, I uh, I was I was I wanted to resist picking because I'm third in the list uh, for this question, so I, I wanted to purposely not pick Vader because I was sure that Jerry would lead with Vader. Yeah. Um, so I will go um, with Winter Soldier. Uh, I think the Winter Soldier was a fantastic, and I'm going to go with the MCU one. The comic book one I think is equally good, but the MCU yeah. one um, was Ooh. was so nicely executed from cap one into cap two um that it just um it works so well and then by civil war um and into uh uh infinity war um you get the whole story arc for um for bucky like it's just boy um really nicely executed and like i said while i think the comic book also did an equally good job of this um i actually think that um Cap's performance in the end of Winter Soldier, that that last fight on the helicarrier, mm-hmm. um, is just so good, right? Like yeah, he just he can't he cannot he cannot take Bucky out, right? Like mm-hmm. like he will not let Bucky go the route of destruction. Yep, he knows cool. Bucky's still in there. Yep, yep, yep. so good, right? So I just I loved it. Plus, I also I, plus their reveal was so good um, cool. in in uh, um. Winter Soldier, the when yeah. the face mask finally comes off. Um, yeah, I oh, I can't say enough things about it. The execution, the execution of that in those movies is is um, like most Marvel stuff. Just yeah. Chef's Kiss, fantastic. Exactly. I was trying to think for an RPG when I've used a fallen hero in a game, but shit, I cannot, I cannot remember. I, and I'll lean a little on Bob, but I cannot I, remember. I don't think there, we've ever done that. That is a trope that I, I don't think we've ever used. I know. The only thing I was thinking of, and I couldn't find any concrete evidence of it, was I thought maybe I had a turned agent in Connex, but I couldn't remember anything of significance. Uh, I don't remember that, any, yeah, right? Like that in Connex. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a trope we never used. Which makes me think, like, well, now. Like, <laughs> well, uh, like, boy, that's that's one I that's one I haven't done before. So that'll probably go on the short list of things I should uh, I should work on at some point. Looking forward to it. All right, cool. Um, cool. Take us to question two, Jer. All right. That's question two. What do you think the biggest challenges in running a fallen hero or going against a fallen hero? Yeah. So I started thinking about this question and and I was. Everything that I was thinking of, I'm like, oh, you don't want to do this. No, wait, you do want to do that because that's good drama. I'm like, mm-hmm. like things like, you know, leaning into how your character might feel about their former teammate who they used to be really good friends with, who is now a full on villain, monologuing mm-hmm. and cackling and killing innocent civilians. And like, you know, like, do you think they're redeemable? Like, like lean into it. Don't be afraid. Yeah. I guess then the, the challenge is. Yeah. Don't avoid that stuff. Don't be afraid to lean into that stuff. You got to hit that because that's where the good stuff is. That's the that's the meat and potatoes right there. <laughs> yep. Yep. I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. Um, let's see. For me, um, the biggest challenge I think is getting the backstory out without it being a cliche monologue, right? Like I I think that you want to like you want to get if if this isn't a if you're not doing the the long arc right if you're not doing the long arc of taking a um npc hero falling them turning them into a villain right because if you do that you don't have yeah. to worry the players know the the character's background yeah. but if you are doing a fallen hero like a turned agent or whatever um 
the cliche thing and, and I'm not saying you can't do it because it does work, but mm-hmm. um, just having them monologue like, I, you know, I used to be a hero, but then I fell because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I don't think like I think I think there are better ways to do that. Right. Like finding oh, yeah. other ways to get that information um, into the player's hands right through NPCs through information that they find or places that they go. Yes. Like all, those kinds of things. Have them Just interrogate a lieutenant yeah. of the organ of, or- the, of the, the criminal of the, the, you know, like one of his minions, you capture him and you start asking him, grilling him questions. Like you don't remember him. Like you don't right. remember when he used to be one of you and then you left him there to die. And like, like have the, the lieutenant spill all that out for yes. him. In big dramatic fashion, everyone. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Or, right. Or, or, that... or be, or even be subtle. I mean, I think from the opening, we have some idea of what happened that turned that character evil. You know, we had an exploding city, and the fact they were left behind, and the fact that they were a fiance. That's all there without ever having to actually spell out, you know, connect the dots. You can do that kind of thing by having hints and clues mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, so the players can connect the dots. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought of a, uh, I just thought of another fallen hero because I had a lot of trouble actually figuring out, um, f- figuring out, but the general from the rock. Yes. Sure. Yes. That yep. guy was, yep. that guy was a hero. Brigadier General Francis, uh, Hummel. And he has his redemption um, moment at the end. Exactly. Oh, right. He does. He see again, <laughs> you can do it yep. in a one shot. Yes. But yep. it doesn't have the emotional punch. No. Yes. That um, it doesn't have the emotional punch that it could um, with a with a like long like a more drawn out story arc. I I had the same problem. I was racking my brain trying to think of fallen heroes in media, and I fell down the 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 trap of at the beginning the vigilantes and the antiheroes. I'm like, oh, I'll go with Punisher, and I started to type the word Punisher, and I went, no, he's an antihero. He's not a villain. Yeah. What about uh, what about uh, um. Oh, what's his name? Robin, evil Robin that that goes evil that comes back. Red Hood, Red, Red Hood, uh, Red Hood, um, that vigilante. Jason, Jason Todd. Yeah, but originally he was a was he a villain originally? Oh yeah, the Red back. Hood itself was a villain. Oh okay, yeah, well, yeah, there yeah. You go. And, 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 and then he gets there was redeemed a kind by of a quasi revenge or redemption arc. Yeah, yeah, and now he's zero. But yeah, the when, I mean, the the Red Hood and the Winter Soldier both came out, I believe, the same year. It was the same story. It was. Uh, don't the, get me started on the parallels between Captain America and Batman, as far as yeah, their arcs yeah, and their yeah, sidekicks yeah, and their yeah, yeah. There, there's a whole, but yeah, it was the same. It was the same plot. Um, so, but yeah, no, no, Red Hood's another good one. So, okay. uh, comic books have a lot of them. If you can look oh, a little bit, you'll find a bunch of them like that. Again, um, it's a trope, so they're going to well. lean in there. Yep. What do you got, Jerry? All right. Well, uh, if I can, mine is to get the players to interact with the fallen hero while they're still a hero. That's my secret sauce. Try to get them. Uh, or not my secrets. But the challenging part is making sure that they have a chance to uh, interact with the fallen hero while they're still a hero, so that when they get revealed later on, it becomes important to them. Yeah, it's not just somebody they heard about in the past. It's not just somebody that they um, encountered a couple times. Um, for me, I enjoy because I when I when I run role playing games, I have no trouble letting the players play a. NPC is part of their team. Let one of the players pick up the characters to run two characters if they want to do that. So that's even more fun. Let them run that character a couple times so that when it finally becomes a fallen hero, use all of the character traits they put into it and make that part of the villain's fall Yeah, and go from there. That's always fun. But it takes some time. You have to 
uh, take that time. And then, of course, the trouble is don't spoil the reveal too early. Um, that's really the toughest part for me is not spoiling that reveal too yeah, early. Yeah, you got to try and milk that a little bit. Cool. Yeah, because the excitement of like, oh, look what I did. But like you really want yeah. to. Um, you And again, I will say like go look at Winter Soldier for uh, – go look at the movie of when they actually reveal it's Bucky. Because yeah. it's like mid-late – Right. Yeah. It's an act two act. It's an act two end of act two reveal um, where Cap has already had an encounter. Yeah. Right. Like it, like they do a really good job of that. Cap has an encounter. He clearly knows that something's up with this character, especially when he catches the shield. Yep. That's, a, yep. you know, yeah. which is also a kick ass moment. Oh, yeah. Right. Just that, that, that that entire fight sequence is probably the, my third favorite action sequence in the entire Marvel Universe. The yeah. the they, one in the street or the one where he's chasing him initially? No, no, the one in the street. The, the, oh, that yeah. street Cap, right before the, Cap the reveal. Falcon and Bla- yeah. yeah, Cap Falcon and Black Widow versus the Winter Soldier and the Hydra agents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that 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 sequence is fantastic, is which which is uh, amazing because that movie also contains my favorite um, fight scene in the MCU, which is yes, the elevator yes, fight. Yes. Yep. That's why I said third. Yes, yes. Yep. Uh, we'll talk. We need to talk about that in the after show. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's a thing about that. Okay. All, All right. right. Um, Question three. So, Okay. Oh, Bob? I'm sorry. Did you have something else to add before? Nope. Go for okay. it. Okay. So question three, of course, is our favorite. What is your secret sauce when it comes to running a fallen hero? Yeah. With the, with the revelation that I probably haven't run one, I can't actually call it a secret sauce. Um, so um, I think that um, uh, I think that the thing I would pay attention to is that one of the things that you're going to want your fallen hero to be able to do, especially if they've had an affiliation, like, you know, they were uh, a fallen, like they were a turned agent from your agency or whatever, is that they, one of their advantages is they know how you fight and do stuff Mm -hmm. and they can take advantage of that. Yeah. Right. Like they, they need to, especially before a reveal, they need, it needs to be like, how does this guy know, like, where our safe house is? How does he know, like, you know, that, you know, we would do this or that we had this gear or whatever? And, you know, that then um, that yeah. then starts the dominoes, right? Like, yep. like, wow, like this guy seems to know all of our, you know, like all of our network. person who knew about this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. That, that It's that kind of thing that I yeah. like. I think that I would want to make sure that I, I tease out so that it's, it's good foreshadowing, uh, but also it's an advantage for that character, like as an opposition, like he knows your shit, he knows your yeah. fighting style because, you know, he also trained everyone in hand to hand. Now I'm thinking there's a fallen hero start. There's a Star Trek fallen hero somewhere, but we'll get to oh, that. Um, um, the, 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 oh God, the guy from Krull, who was the leader of the Maquis, that causes Cisco to go uh, anti-planetary for a while. Oh, um, Eddington. Yes, Eddington. Eddington is a fallen sure. hero. Thank you. Also could be also could be considered a fanatic. Yes. Actually, probably better considered a fanatic because he winds up thinking he's doing the right thing. Uh-oh. I don't know. You could make a case for both. Yeah. He's a fanatic and fallen hero. But that's because we've said many times these these archetypes overlap each other too. Yeah, sure. Eddington would Eddington would be a good one from DS9. Gary, Gary Mitchell. Gary oh, Mitchell Gary from Mitchell. the original series because he gets blasted by the strange energies 
and he goes yes, full on yes. god man yes, that's not the does. best version of getting hit with the strange energies <laughs> thanks to uh <laughs> thanks to lower spoilers decks. Oh no, he's got the strange the strange energies. We'll get to that in the conversation quarter. We should probably let, let's let, let Jerry let Jerry weigh yeah. in on this, and then we can uh, we can start to close uh, this um, this file. My favorite thing is use their previous heroic ideals as a twist on having the characters confront their own motivations. Um, the best fallen heroes don't always know they're the villain. Um, they're simply fallen heroes. They're doing things for evil reasons, but they don't see it as evil. Um, and as a result, sometimes they're doing things that um, the heroes could make a case for as, um, you know, well, I, you know, I like their goal. I just don't like their motive. I just don't like their methods kind of thing. And that could also be something that comes up um, that makes it interesting. So when you can do that, it works really well because it, it creates a lot of drama and often creates a lot of good table talk among the players as they discuss, yeah. you know, what happened, um, just be careful on that so you don't end up with the heroes all going, you know what? He's right. We're going to join him. And that, that doesn't always work out. Yeah. Um, but it can be something that you have a lot of fun with. So yeah. this hey, is our look one, at the following. One more heroes. thing real Good. quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any secret sauce because I've never run one. Um, yeah. But, you know, all of but, this stuff, this, this may seem obvious to some people, but I'm going to just point it out just because is like you can do a fallen hero where, hey, you've got a super team and they're doing their thing. And they come to find out that the big bad villain they're fighting against is, you know, some guy that, you know, was from another team that, you know, like, oh, I remember that name. You know, I hadn't heard about him in a while. Like, you know, like, but there's no weight to that. You've got to connect them to your player characters. Yes. Like, don't, don't, don't take that for granted. Like, you have to connect them to your player characters. It's got to be somebody that they know personally, that they've interacted with at some point, because the, the drama is so much better that way. Oh, if it's just some random dude from another team, like, you know, like they know his name, they know he existed, and it's like, oh, he was a hero, and now he's a villain. Oh, no, what a shame. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's there, but it's not, it's not weighty. You know, put some meat on that bone, you know, yep. give him something to chew. <laughs> I, I got a thing I need to ask when we get to the conversation. Right. Where, so don't let me don't let me forget. I'm having I, a I'm having a right thing right now. Right, right, um, right, 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 right. And then out to the end there. I think I'm good. I got it up on my screen. I don't think I'm going to lose okay. it, but OK, cool. All right. Well, then let's um, roll out. Yeah. All right. So that was our look at the fallen hero. Yep, we hope you enjoyed this entry in the adversary files and that um, that we presented tonight. Uh, and we hope that when you're ready to run your next Fallen Hero, you'll be able to put some of this to use. Yeah, so we're going to check in with the chat room one more time before we head over to the conversation corner. Um, Andy has, uh, has uh, reminded us that there's a Fallen Hero in Voyager. There was another Federation captain that they ran into in the Delta Quadrant who did some things that he shouldn't have ought to done. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, pff, I don't ransom was that was that ransom yeah that's captain ransom which is the thing that i was just noting brings up the question is there any relation related to jack ransom on lower decks damn those lower decks people are clever now i'm i'm googling so (laughs) wow oh man damn all right good times it's some good stuff that's a deep cut. No, that is not. very deep. Gary like Mitchell's that. a deep cut. That's that's a fresh cut. That's that's. <laughs> so there's no on-screen evidence yet that that connects um, that connects um, these two. 
could be but just the, a coincidence, that, but, but I I, 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 doubt it. I doubt it. With everything, but I don't believe done. I don't believe in coincidences when, when it comes, comes to, to lower show. decks. No, no, <laughs> not when it comes that, to that show. That show knows what the hell it's doing every oh, That show doesn't do anything by accident. So, yes. oh, yep. sorry, no, didn't no, mean that's... to get, I didn't mean to wander off, but I was like. Ransom. Well, that's okay. That was that that's was a okay. good note. That's that because I didn't yeah. catch that. That's that's good stuff. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that should take care of the uh, the misdirected Mark word scramble. Did you hear that? Hey, we heard that. Yes, yes I we did. fixed it. We heard, that. <laughs> we heard that. Zoom. Shame on you, Zoom. It took the wrong input. It was taking my mic directly instead of the uh, the voice meter banana thing. That's. Uh, which still kills me, but it's got the word banana tacked on it. Well, anyhow. Voice meter, voice meter banana is one of my favorite um, punk bands yes. from the late 80s. Yes. Good punk. <laughs> I thought they were a swing ska band from the 90s. There you go. I, they, and, they, and that's what they became yeah. in the ah, 90s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, let's do All the right. thing where we slide into the conversation corner then with the... The bumper that everybody just heard. Yay. Yay. I feel so much better now that I fixed the problem. To go to, uh, because Jerry mentioned Ska, I have to yes. just mention the tweet that says, uh, I once heard Ska described as what plays in a 13-year-old kid's head when he gets extra mozzarella sticks. <laughs> hmm. I feel like that's true. If you've ever gotten extra mozzarella sticks, like that feeling, like, the, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into something that uh, one of my former coworkers and user support used to do. Um, he would ask me the question periodically. He goes, "What would you do with extra bacon?" And I would look at him quizzically and raise an eyebrow and go, "What What does this mean? Extra bait? What is extra bacon?" I don't. The, if I have I think bacon, the only, the only more baffling phrase than extra bacon is bacon leftover. What? Well, how? Yeah, how do you have leftover bacon? Extra bacon left? Like these are foreign terms to me. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see. See, extra bacon. I could see. Like you order four slices of bacon, and they give you two extra. That's sure. okay. Sure, but you're going to do perspective. But 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 but, that, but that's that's extra bacon, and you'll still find out what to do with that. Yeah. And the answer is you eat it. Correct. No such left, thing. Leftover bacon. Like not really that. sure. I don't understand leftover bacon. There are two bacon. words I've that never, don't I've, go together: leftover and bacon. That's like, I've never, I've never seen leftover bacon. I don't believe leftover bacon exists. Like <laughs> now, if you have bacon that you don't eat, perhaps it's because, and, and we're way off tangent here, but then we'll wrap this up real quick. If you have sure. bacon that you haven't eaten, perhaps it's because you are making a gift to future you of bacon. Like I need uh, this bacon for you in the future. Yes. Yeah. Or I'm gonna or I'm gonna make something else with this later tonight. So I that cooked is... I cooked some bacon and yes, I'm gifting future Phil yes. uh a, an allotment of bacon. <laughs> right. Yes. In, in which case it's not it's still not leftover bacon. It's already no, exactly it's, it's already spoken it's already spoken. It's spoken for, for it. it's yes, strategically it's allocated bacon. You know, you know, yes. You know, you know, at, at, at that at that point all you need is lettuce and tomato and you've got a sandwich, you know. Um, I, I I like that. That's very American of you, but I have British grandparents. You just need some bread, son. Bacon sandwich <laughs> oh, is, is a this. hangover cure in England. You, you know this. You yes, know, know this that. because Lily likes. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, well, that, that, that's Christmas breakfast. Christmas yes. breakfast is bacon buddies and mimosas. Yes. Which is basically okay. bake, bake, bacon <laughs> sandwiches and alcohol plus orange juice. It's 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 
It's lettuce, okay. lettuce, and tomato are just two things you also have to pick up when you're making a bacon, making a bacon buddy. Yeah. yeah but, 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 okay. But I, actually, Before actually, we go too far, sandwiches. too far down the bacon rabbit oh. hole, we have to wrap this thing up. So let's go back to the conversation corner, and we can define, <laughs> de- debate the finer points of bacon in the after show if we need to. That's this is true. This um, is true. So yeah, so Sunday football. Um, not only did I have company over, had some some good snacky foods, um, yes, hung did. out with some good friends, but the football team actually won. We beat the crap out of one of our uh, our, our holy did we division win. opponents, not, you know, and not in a super clean way. You know what the best shit. part about that is, sitting yeah. on the couch in your apartment, we scored as many points as Miami did. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that would Me be zero. Like, yeah. The Sabres yes. scored as many points as Miami did. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was good. I also like that we had just enough snacks that like we had basically a snack a quarter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I did yeah. notice that. I, I noticed that specifically. Uh, we spread it out very nicely. Uh, yeah, that worked out nicely. Like I wasn't stuffed coming out of your place. Like I was like, oh, I ate the whole time, but like I just ate a little each quarter. All in all, a successful it, it, afternoon. So we we had we we had we had, we had spicy chicken nuggets. We had uh, chips and um, what what Senda would call onion dip. Um, <laughs> Not just bison onion dip. dip. I know. Bison the onion French dip. onion dip. And then we had what, yes. pumpkin spice donuts yeah. and good apple times. cider and all of the things that you want on a Sunday football day. So that was the thing, that. and it was very very good. Enjoyed the hell out cool. of it. Um, We've got a, uh, a a fresh start on Valheim. They put out a major update to the uh, to the game that changed. Is that the one with the truck nuts for boats? Um, no, that's just a mod that some jackass made. Some yes. some doofus made a mod that puts truck nuts on boats. So if you have a boat now, you can make a, a, a make a pair of truck nuts for it. Why you would yeah. do that? You would have to be some. I, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, not even going to go. There. Let it go. Let I'm it go, son. Go but yeah, so um, in order to properly take advantage of all the new features, um, we started oh. over. Um, we created a fresh world yep. map, uh, made a couple new characters, and have been kind of relearning the excuse me relearning the game because they 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 altered some stuff that changed game flow and different stuff. So uh, yep. it's been fun, and having learned what we have learned uh, about the game from all the time that we've played it already. We um we've accelerated through the early part of the game very rapidly okay. after we acclimated to the, the new system. So so having a good time with that. Um of course as we mentioned above, uh Knights Black Agents, um it's so much fun. Uh, I'm still struggling a little bit with the system, um, because there's there's tricks to play this game, um knowing you know how some of the stuff works is one thing, but then it's like you have to you have to kind of use the the nooks and crannies because you're going up against somebody that's stronger, faster, better. Build, you know, um, you, you can't just go in there like you would in a normal type of encounter as a spy type person. I'm gonna do two things when we get to the end of the first um, mission. So first of all, I'm gonna obviously hand out experience point stuff, but I'm gonna let people rebalance any of their um like general skills and stuff not like a bad idea yeah like if people sure. are like oh shit i should have taken more points and you know weapons or yep. like now will be the time to be like cool like now that you've played it like we've put you know the we put the yeah. you know we've all gotten behind the wheel and played it yep. if you want to make some adjustments let's make some adjustments yep. and then the other thing that we really need to look at are those um 
there are those um tac- there's like those um tag team benefits and like there's a whole bunch of like yeah. cooler thriller moves you can do yep that um that we also like i need to get you like it's cool we had our first yeah. like real fight so we just did like the basics of fighting yeah. but like now we'll access some of like the cooler rules yeah to, a good set of cheat sheets yeah 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 we, yeah we gotta move our skills there, there are some things that cost more skill points than i thought they would and that takes a little bit of shuffling around and, and we'll learn that kind of stuff yeah yep um but, but the game actually, I like the, I like the game also. It's yeah, still a good time, and uh, and, really and watching as this particular mystery unfolds is very very entertaining. So, um, in my watching of Kipo, uh, I just got to a big season two reveal that I will not mention. That was like, oh damn, <laughs> okay, that's cool. All right, cool. well done, well done. So, looking forward to see how the rest of that show goes. Um, I haven't watched another Star Girl yet, but um, that 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 show never disappoints me. No. Um, I gotta I gotta get to the next episode. Uh, Lower decks. I can't wait to see what happens this week after last week. <laughs> last week was another Easter egg filled glorious. Oh my god, the ending, the ending was beautiful, <laughs> and the final moment was just oh, just, perfect chef's kiss. Yeah, it's so good. Oh. And of course, we got a new episode of What If tomorrow. Which uh, this one is titled "What If Thor Was an Only Child?" Oh, that's interesting, but also sad because yes. you know where Loki. Yes, <laughs> so I'm I'm very interested to see where that goes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I'm almost more interested in what if Loki was an only child. <laughs> that would be another interesting one. Like, what uh, if Odin gave Loki the hammer? Uh, wouldn't that be it? <laughs> and maybe he wouldn't be, you know, the god of mischief if, you know, he wasn't like, yeah. you know, feeling, you know, unloved and inadequate. There I'm just saying. That would be anyway. an interesting one. Maybe they'll get to that down the road. But they have a plan right now and they're running it. So we'll see where this yeah. goes. Yeah, that's okay. been obvious the last couple episodes. So, all right. Yep. Um, I will just say football was fun. Um, you know, I'm not as big a football fan as, as Bob is. I like football a lot, but Bob is an expert on that. But it's fun to sit with a. Uh, the, the the group out here, uh, I love watching any sports with them because while I'm not the biggest sports fan, I enjoy watching sports with friends and I enjoy with people who know what's going on, can tell you what's going on, but still want to sit and, and be part of a group. And it's a lot of fun um, about all the little the little things. Um, we enjoyed watching the show. We also, you know, at commercial breaks, we talked about movies and TV shows and things like that. And then we go back to watching the game and um, of course, watching football with Bob is always interesting because um, <laughs> Bob sometimes gets animated, and you will always learn some new vocabulary. Um, animated, and it's fun. <laughs> in air quotes. <laughs> and to be honest, as long as they're not being being violent about it, I love watching football with fans who are animated or any sport with fans who are animated. Um, uh, Lower decks just every week just knocks it out of the freaking park. Um, the callbacks, the character, the stories, and the character. I like the characters a lot. They're interesting. You want to see what they do. You want to follow them everywhere, even the secondary and tertiary characters. Um, uh, what if has been very, very good. I've been, uh, I've been interested to see what they're going to do because the last couple of what ifs have ended on kind of a sad note uh, or a disturbing note, depending on how you want to want to go with it. It feels like for episode three, four, and five, we're kind of watching part one of two of something, and I'm sure we are. Um, but they're, they're very, very good, but I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. Um, Valheim's been, um, I enjoy playing Valheim with Bob and Chris. Um, uh, the, the changes, I'm not thrilled with all the changes they made to Valheim, but it's still fun to play. And, uh, 
as Bob said, we're kind of pushing through the, the we're, we're at a point now after what, five days that we were at like two months in the old game because yep. we know what to do. And just as importantly, we know how to support each other. We know how to do things like, okay, we need to do X and it's very dangerous. So Bob is going to do this and I'm going to sit on Overwatch or I'm going to do this and Bob's going to sit on Overwatch or Bob wants to build something. And he just gives me a list of ingredients. I just run off and go get them. Um, and so it makes things move much faster and it's teamwork stuff. And then we get Chris on and Chris is just, Chris can just kill anything. You give Chris a toothpick in this game and he will murder a troll with it. It's, it's, it's a, it's a thing of duty to watch. So it's fun when he gets on. Um, so we've just been having fun. So, all right. Uh, Phil. Uh, yeah. I mean, football Bob's was fantastic. Um, that was a lot of fun. I was going to get a different uh, snack, but when I stumbled on pumpkin, um, on pumpkin uh, uh, donuts and uh, cider, uh, I could not resist. Okay. So um, I did, uh, I made some, uh, chicken wings in my air fryer, um, over the weekend as my Saturday kind of, you know, cool cooking expedition. Uh, they came out pretty well. I would like them just a tad crispier. So I either am going to turn it up 25 degrees or I'm going to extend it by a couple minutes, um, just to get the, just to get them a little crispier on the outside, but did not disappoint. And they were fully cooked, which was my big concern. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would have liked them a little crispier, but I was plenty happy that they were fully cooked because I did not get sick. Um, I also made myself a nice uh, brunch uh, Sunday morning. Um, I was almost late coming to Bob's um, because kickoff was at one. And Sunday is the only day of the week I don't have to have an alarm set in my house. So I um, just flat out refused to set one. Um, So I woke up and I made myself my brunch and uh, it was delicious. And... um, and then I rolled, I, and I actually did get a couple things done. Like I did, I did um, some uh, bill paying and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then um, wound up leaving and still made it on time to Bob. So I actually was pretty pleased that that all fell into place. Uh, NBA, Knights Black Agents, fantastic. Um, already talked about that. Uh, She-Ra, I am closing in on the end of the series. Um, some very good episodes. Uh, I am pretty sure unless anything drastic happens between now and the end, Scorpia may be my favorite character. Yep. Um, I just love Scorpia to death. Um, Princess Scorpia, I should say. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Entrapta, the true neutral. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Entrapta is also uh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> She's fantastic. Um, I also sent ahead a, a good point that, um, that um entrapta may also be the um um neurodivergent character of the princesses that uh, that would she absolutely make commonly sense. talks about having problems making friends obsesses mm-hmm. over things like mm-hmm. yes. um that kind of thing so i i i, I can't imagine that was a that was a uh a, a non-conscious choice yeah choice i don't i don't believe anything when it comes to those characters is not a conscious decision yeah. like i think those characters yeah. are very um are very specifically made. Up, yeah. And excellent. Yep. Yeah. I will also say that um, next to Princess Scorpia, Mermista may also be my next favorite um, just for any line that she delivers in the, uh, in a show. So she was excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close now. I think I'm like seven, seven or so episodes from the finale. Um, Lower Decks was just, again, um, Lower Decks is amazing. And I'm actually really happy that, um, that we did all this work over the past year 
to uh, school up a whole bunch of people, including yep. Senda and Schmitty, um, on Star Trek because now Lower Decks will be hysterical for them um, <laughs> because the number of Easter eggs in there is just so good. And sometimes they're subtle. Like, I don't know if you saw it because they um, there are people who pick through the frames to find things. But like when they were doing one of the cleanups in the rooms, Ahura's earpiece was on, oh, like, on the that. table. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's so there's always like little hidden Easter eggs. But the end was like a huge uh, it wasn't even Easter egg. The end was just a uh, fantastic callback to um, to one of the lowest moments in TNG. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, what if was excellent. Um, uh-huh. I really liked that. What if that may be my third favorite one of the uh, of the season. I, I I still think the winner hands down is the what if T'Challa became uh, yes. Star Lord. That is that is so good that I actually just want to see that that get its own series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so much. Oh, yeah. my God. So much. I, but but I think that this this last one with Killmonger was probably one of my uh, uh, easily in my top three. That Killmonger one was really good. I think it's Captain Carter, Killmonger, and um, Star Lord. Those are my favorites so far. Uh, and I pushed forward more on Discovery. I watched um, I think it's Terra Firma or the two the two part episode yep. um, that was uh, also a very interesting a a, uh, a deep callback. A deep cut, man. <laughs> That's a deep. That's a deep callback, and also a cameo from one of my um, from a show that I also like, which uh, which CSI Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and some nice setup because I think I know I think I know exactly what they were, uh, what the purpose of that show was, yep. like what they were setting up, um, and I watched a few episodes beyond that. So um, the um, major event that occurred that leads off season three is starting to reveal itself. And it's very interesting Uh what, um, what may have happened. Also, there's a, I'm in the middle of the episode. I don't want to give anything away because I think Bob knows, but there's a moment where I was like, Oh, I did not think that was going to happen. I thought this was just going to be an attack, not a um, negotiation. And I could be wrong. It may still turn out that way, but Uh I was, um, there's a lot of interesting things in that season. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a uh, season three discovery. I liked season one a lot. I liked season two even more, but season three discovery just mm, I can't wait to talk about it with some people. Like so good. Okay, yep. um, but that's basically me. Um, I really haven't gotten to play anything because I can't seem to um, I can't seem to concentrate enough. Um, I have a little pet project thing I'm working on, which I really don't want to go into any depth. I talked about it in the Slack room, but I don't want to talk about it on the mics yet. Something that I'm toying with. Um, but I've also had a couple of these things fail um, in the past year. I like game ideas and stuff like that. So I really don't want to push anything out there until I have something more concrete on it. But I've, I've been noodling with something that's um, that at least kept me interested for a portion of today. So cool. how long that lasts, we'll see. Yeah, but anyway, it is um, yeah, let's move on to the shout-outs, and then let's uh, head yeah. into the closing. Patreon shout-outs. Oh. It's time again for the Royal Court, of which we have a new member. So here we go. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies. Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice. Bread, the Royal Mead Maker. Craig, the Lord of One Name. The newest member of the Royal Court, Chromatic Chameleon, who is in the chat room with us. 
who we need to have a title for. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll noodle something out and get that taken care of. Uh-huh. Uh, Eric Bontz, the Duke of Gators, also the Lord of Beefness, the only person who has two appellations. One of them is a title, but the other one is not. Uh-huh. FN Science Man, who is Baron FN Science Man, the Reformer. GM Gerrymander, the Lord of the After Show. Jesse Edmond, the Royal Doctor. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. John Carney, the Court Necromancer. Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Richard Wyatt, the captain of the Royal Airship Fleet. Schmitty, the keeper of the labyrinth. Smitty. Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia. And Todd Crapper, the prophet of probability. Thank you to everyone in the Royal Court, and thanks to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. the Queen's time, come join us live on Twitch, where you can chat with other listeners in the awesome chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. And if you can't make it to the live show, check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to some of the other shows in the Mr. Mark Network, such as There is Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bone Stone and Obsidian, The FM Gamers, Pattis Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, John Who Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and back episodes of She's a Super Geek. Check out episode eight. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming and BS. After you have confronted the fallen hero and before they redeem themselves, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly via the old-fashioned email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Hit us up on Twitter. The show and the network is at misdirectedmark. He's Robert M. Everson. He's GM Gerrymander. And I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Django Hustle is at patreon.com slash Django Hustle, and Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Misdirected Mark production. The media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.